Welcome to Akasha Talks, a podcast on consciousness, healing, and different ways to interact and weave those together, both old and new, to be able to get the most out of your life. I'm your host, Lance Baker, coming to you from Newcastle, Australia. Hope you kick back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome back, Bob Burns, the first repeat person to the podcast. I uh, am excited to have you back on. Last time we pretty much skipped over the swan because I was more curious to talk to you about spiritual healing because I've spent so much time with you about the swan. Uh, but people have been keen to hear about uh, what it is you do more so than something you're interested in. Uh, so I'd, I'd like to have a chat about some swan things and, and some other stuff. It's funny. Pretty good. Good to be here, Lance, when you go. I'm talking a little bit funny. I've got a severe bronchial thing going on. My throat's gone. My lungs are gone, but I'm sure it'll get by. I'm sitting here quietly dripping with sweat. <laughs> it'll be fine. <laughs> oh, I'll send you some healing later. Maybe during. <laughs> So thanks for coming back. Uh, for those who haven't caught the first episode, Bob Burns is a mentor of mine from Scotland who does this wonderful thing kind of like hypnosis, but not quite with uh, the swan. So Bob, since you're here, you might as well tell everybody uh, a little bit about what what the actual swan is that I'm, I'm talking about. So I don't just sound like a weird guy talking about animals and hypnosis. Okay. So we'll keep it we'll keep it in its simplest form, as if I was talking to a seven-year-old, so everybody can understand what I'm talking about. And, and, and that's the way it is anyway. It's not too academic, is it? The swan is simply the swan. Uh, so if we go back to the early days, I'm just thinking, uh, Lance, 50 years ago this month, I hypnotized my first person. Can you believe that? So back in back in those days, early 70s, we were doing things called idiomotor responses, which we still do today. Everybody does it. And a lot of people mistake the swan for an idiomotor response. The swan can be an idiomotor response, but it's normally something completely different from that. So, um, so basically, the swan is quite simply it's called the swan because the hand is shaped like like this. So, no other reason than that. First time I looked at it, I said, "You look a bit like a swan, don't you?" And it went like that, and I nearly had a bowel movement. It was quite scary, actually. So. But basically, what we're doing is we're trying to contact the part within the subconscious, keep it nice and clean like that. Let's call it a form of parts therapy, if you like. Yeah, We're talking to a part within the subconscious who can maybe acknowledge us by doing something similar to an idiomotor response. But we're going to ask it to do crazy things like turn, wave at us, uh, 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 turn back again. Give us standard yes-no answers, but then we'll take it further and say, if you can move the finger and the hands and the arm and make sense you could maybe uh, use the, the cardiovascular system a voice you could talk to me could you do that I remember doing that for the first time I'm just I'm telling you this once my memory goes boom immediately the first time I'm doing that thinking am I am I crazy am I really asking this am I because I never planned it at all and suddenly a voice said yeah, hello hello Mr Burns and I thought oh shit I don't know what this is so basically that's a swarm and if you get the right voice of course as I say, you get pretty close to everything. It depends who is uh, talking to you. Here we go. Keep it nice and scientific. Keep it nice and evidence-based. Let's assume it's only a part within the subconscious. 
uh, and let's assume it's just their imagination, and that's okay. Nobody gets too excited. That's what we've got. But it's still pretty good, isn't it? Because if we can get somebody to believe a part within them, and the part motivates them to do a thing a certain way, then they will do uh, uh, be motivated to do a thing a certain way. That's pretty cool. But as you know, Lance, every now and again, we get different things happening, which suggests that if that's the case, it's a very powerful part within them, because in the villas, I kind of a I think character is the word I'm looking for. It has has an attitude. They'll even swear at me sometimes, and they'll even turn on and say, "No, I'm not helping." They don't. They don't want help at this time. Trust me, they don't want help at this time. And you think, "Jeez, how can that be?" And of course, once you get involved in the discussion with it, you understand what they're saying. They need to be going through the, through this at this time because they need to be going through this at this time. And no, it's not like the law of the universe, but we just go and give them a, a new car. They need to start working on their stuff. So it's if, if nothing else, it's more fun than anything ever involved in the therapeutic business since uh, since Socrates. It's really it's really quite cool. And great things can happen there. But sensibly, yeah, we've got a little hand saying yes, no, and the big thing, can you help them? Will you help them? Can you do it right now? These are probably the three biggest questions we can ever ask. And as you know, when that happens, they, they just get fixed instantly. I'm going to be careful not to go down that road because that's the road that too many people are going down. And I, I, I don't want to go down there at all. That can happen, but it's not a thing I'm interested in. I want to know if we can help them fix themselves over a period of time. That's the real way of how therapy should work, yeah? Yes. Yeah, I love this one. I've been an adamant swanner since when, whenever I first found you, when Rick introduced me to you in, I think, 2016, 2015, something like that. Uh, it has been a primary part of my therapy room. Uh, so I enjoy it. I can attest to the power of, of this one. Uh, could you tell us, I, I've heard this story a hundred times before, but, uh, I know everybody's going to be fascinated to hear about it, of of the origin of this one, of of how it came to find you. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a Tai Chiist. I do Tai Chi. Uh, back in that days, I had a different place in Matrose. I've just moved this week. I've moved to Sassanapan. I'm working. I'm, I'm in England right now. I'm not probably doing. I'll probably end up doing missionary work for the English because they are a, a strange race. Anyway, let's not go there right now. Um, so I was back in Scotland, a small cottage down beside the beach, and every Saturday morning for sure I'd be doing uh, Tai Chi. I'd come back in for 10 o'clock to watch everybody in, in the UK watches Saturday morning uh, breakfast uh, TV programs, how to cook different things. And I was doing that, and I put my fingers through my hair, went back, put my hand to the side like I just, just leaned against the back of the chair, and I had to just glance at my hand, and it just my mouth just opened. It's almost like an intrusive thought. I heard myself say, God, you, you look like a swan, don't you? And my hand nodded like that. And I thought, can I do that again? And of course, it, it happened again. And can you do anything else? I mean, can you, can you communicate? Can you get bored? Of course, I hand turned around. And I asked to say hello, gave me a little wave, turned back. And that's all I did at that point in time, apart from scream for my wife to come from upstairs. And I said, watch this, it probably won't work, but it worked exactly the same, which is really interesting because, as you know, we've had this discussion many times um, in, the, in the past. When, when, you're, when you're playing with Sai, Sai will, excuse 
play along with anybody watching this, but it will fuck you up. You're thinking, I have just heard something miraculous. I will now show the world. And, and Sai just goes, <laughs> says nothing, does nothing, because that moment was for you. It wasn't for you to get cocky. It wasn't for you to show the world how wonderful you are. But anyway, the, uh, this one worked out perfectly again with my wife. It didn't work for my wife. Uh, it wouldn't do it. But it was enough for her to know that I, was, I wasn't I was joking. It was something wonderful that was happening. And she suggested I, uh, I go in on Monday and try working with clients, see what happens there. And I started getting instantly fantastic results. And the difference of me and everybody else that you listen to with a different, uh, I'm going to be careful what I say here. There's lots of things out there that people sell to you, yeah. If you use this, you fix people and so on and so forth. And the swan kind of, of course it does, it falls into that category. But I'm careful not to use it for that. I'm careful not to tell you how clever I was developing the swan, finding it, because I didn't. It's the only, in fact, everything in this world is a construct except the swan. How about that? The swan's the only thing you'll find in the therapeutic world that wasn't constructed. Remember what I said? Put my fingers through my hair. I said, Jesus, look at you, you look like a swan. And it went of its own volition. So there was no clever thinking by Bob Burns. I just happened to pick up the pennies when I made a DVD of it. I got to travel the world a couple of times. It's almost unfair. I mean that. It's almost unfair. And I know lots of people who are as good as this one as I am, better than I am. Many, I know many who are better than I am. But I was the first guy that, I was the Paul McCartney who instead of going scrambled eggs, I turned it into yesterday and they gave Paul millions. I kind of did that with this one. And it's, it's highly unfair. But the good news is all these people, well, many of them became my friends and I get to learn from them. Yeah, We get to move forward with this, this one thing together and it becomes better and stronger and so on and so forth. And of course, it just, just evolved from there. I made a, a, a DVD and we thought, how will we get our money back? We got our money back by, by Thursday. And by the end of the month, it was soft. It was just its speed. It was going all over the world. It was just completely crazy. And the whole idea was that although I should know what I'm talking about, I was going to talk to groups of psychologists. Let's say the West End of London. I'm walking into rooms. I'm looking at them. I'm smiling. I'm nodding my head. I'm involved in sales. I know how to handle myself with an audience. But I'm completely crapping myself, thinking the same thought. And you've seen it happen several times, of course, and you've done it yourself, the uh, once. And it's, will this work now? Because hmm. the next 60 seconds, I'm going to have to demonstrate this thing. And I've traveled six, seven, eight thousand miles. Will it work? And suddenly it works. The whole audience crowd start laughing with you. And, you think, and it just keeps working. There has been times it didn't work. That was in the, um, California. I did a demonstration with a whole group, maybe 300 people in the room. Got the person out. And um, nothing, no swan at all. And I said, okay, listen, just, I, I, I could go on. And I think I could get it to work, but I don't want to waste your time. You're all there. You don't know me. I'm a stranger in your midst. I look like an idiot already. I don't want to make it worse for me. Let me allow this lady to go back to her room. Somebody, one of you will work with her later and you get it to work. If I could try somebody else right now, uh, that would be great. I took the second person and I turned on my audience, Lance. It's a really nice moment. I said, I'll tell you what, it's never failed twice ever. And the whole room went ooh, and everyone started laughing, yeah. Second one was perfect. And of course, the great thing is, once we broke them into couples, the woman, the woman that I couldn't do the swan with did it perfectly with this complete stranger who'd never done the swan before. Of course, I told my audience 
<coughs> that I had instilled that into her. All the practice with me made it work perfectly. And we had a good laugh about that. It was just a bit of fun. But no, that's so that's in a very scattered nutshell, that's the swan and how it works. Yeah. Mm. And how has it evolved since it got first introduced to you? Well, it's evolved in some great ways and some not so great ways. I mean, I've now got some, well, quite a few idiots on TikTok doing the goose or the giraffe. And they're, they're the former students of mine as well. And uh, I've contacted them and they get embarrassed about it. But people will steal anything they can do. My, my DVDs, for example, sell in the, in the Far East for 80 pence, I charge. I, I can't remember why I charge. So 36 pounds, I sell there for 80 pence. Beautiful thing is many people contact me and give me uh, £35.20 to put into my bank account. And they say, I bought this. I believe it's yours, but it's someone ripping you off. And well, I just want to make sure, make sure I pay you the full money. And I said, how, many, how cool is that? I don't think I've ever done that before in my life. I've stolen some things in the past when I had no more sense to do it. But it's, it's, it made me think about that. And I'd like to bump into some of these people, see if I can do something for them, though. Uh, anyway, uh, but how's it, how's it really evolved from there? Well, it's fantastic. We've got people, for example, last week, uh, Lise Wan uh, came out and, uh, in France. Philippe, Dr. Philippe Miras has done his own book about Bob Burns and the Swan. It's in French. I don't know what it's about. I got the book. He sent me the book. I arrived two days ago. I can't understand a word, of course. Uh, it's, in, it's in Flemish. It's in Dutch. Uh, but my book, this one, is going to come out in, in, in France, in French, uh, certainly within the next month. So a private uh, book group has, has, has purchased this one. So it's not just me self-publishing, they're, they're doing it for me. But apart from that, um, that leads me on to the next thing. Because it's moved so much, certainly in at least 85 countries, and that was about 10 years ago, it was working by then. I've got other people using it. And although some of them are using it badly, I mean, they are pretty bad at it, I have to say. Some of them are using it great and in ways that I'd really like. Simple ways that we maybe talked about before, Lance, like me being in Amsterdam and somebody wanting to ask a question because it's not working this person I'm with. I'm, I'm not worried. I'll get it to work. But somebody's asking the question, if you can't get it to work uh, with the right, why, why don't you change hands? These were, this was in the early days, and I'd say, no, if it's not going to work, it's not going to work, it's not going to work. It won't work by change hands. Why do you say that anyway? And he said, because that's what we do here in Poland. We use this one, we change hands, it doesn't work. Mm. So I said, watch this. And I got the guy to change hands. It worked perfectly. So I walked over to this young man, he looked terrified. I grabbed him, I kissed him fully in the mouth and said, thank you. And everybody started laughing, yeah. And that's the great thing about the swan involvement. Different people working different things. They come back to me and say, hey, I was doing this. And guess what happened here? The thing that fascinates me, and you already know this, Lance, the thing that fascinates me about the swan is, it's not the swan at all, it's the contact mm. and beyond the contact. It's the contact of a part that comes through. That's why my book is called Real or Imagined, so that no one can ever take the piss out of me. Lots of people get a hard thing with the things that they discover. I never do, because I'm sneaky. Yeah, I never make any claims. So the name of my book is Real or Imagined. And I say to everybody, look, it's either real or it's imagined. And you can see them in the balls of their feet thinking, oh, I'd love to get stuck into this guy. But he's taken away my power. He said it might just be imagined. And and I and I actually mean that. So, you know, either, either it's real, either the person's lying to you, 
uh, or it, it could be in their imagination. But the point I like to think about, of course, and be wasting my time, what if it's real? And if it's real, what is it? As you know, Lance, I've had a couple of clients who go into foreign language when they talk to me, yeah? Mm. When that happens, they don't speak the language. It becomes really, really interesting. This is not new, by the way. This has happened uh, before in hypnosis with me. But the swan has got a habit of, of the person coming through immediately and just getting stuck into a, a different language, or places about a city that they don't know about. I find that really frustrating. Although I'm not really interested in that in the way that, you know, psychics are interested in that. I'm interested in the bigger, I'm interested in the whole picture. I'm really, I'm off my head. I'm interested in what's life. You know, a lot of people say, yeah, but we don't have to know, do we? We don't, we don't have to know as long as you do the only thing. And I think that's a great statement. No, absolutely. We don't have to know. No, we don't. But unfortunately, Bob Burns does. He's an arsehole. And he, he wants, he believes he might get a chance of knowing. And I like that. I'm excited by it. I get let down many times. Back to what we talked about, about side. I get some strange things that happen in my life, and I can prove none of them. So I've stopped trying to. But but what, what it allows me to do is to bump into other people who who have experienced things. And we talk about that. And it, it tickles us. It amuses us. And the knowledge that we don't need to, to get to know about it because it's possible we're not meant to yet. I mean, compared to infinity, we're here for that long. It's not a problem. We'll be, we'll be gone in a second. And then we'll, we'll, we'll talk about the experiences we went through. I like the swan because it adds to that. So normally we don't get stuff, but this one suggests that maybe we can. Maybe we can get a look at something that's, that's bigger. I haven't said all of that. I could be talking nonsense. It truly is. Apart from the psyche, it's all linked to their imagination. But if that's the worst part of it, then that's okay. Yeah? That's, that's okay. Oh, it makes me miserable. Yeah. But that's okay. <laughs> Well, you, you hinted at the next thing I wanted to bring up there. Uh, one of one of the things that made made this one help me understand and and I believe get good at hypnosis uh, is it taught me it's it's all about that contact. It's all about communication. And with playing with this one, that that really just helped me understand how much this this interaction, this contact and communication uh, matters. So. What, what importance do you think communication with the subconscious has and, and do you need to talk to it, with it, about it? Um, well, the answer, the answer is no. Uh, that's a quick answer. Um, so first of all, we look at what communication is. For me, communication is four things. What's said, what's heard, what's understood, and what action is taken. All of these four things have to happen for communication to take place. But when you watch people in the world and you watch them argue with each other, you, 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 you suss out again, you go, oh my God. So they said that, but they never heard them right. Mm -hmm. Oh my God, they said that and they heard them, but it was obvious they didn't understand them. Oh my God, they said that, they heard it, and they, they said they understood and believed they did, but they never said what they were going to do. Mm -hmm. And now they're arguing about it again, because one of that four things fell down. So if I could almost change what you've, you've asked for, uh, it's not a case of do I need to talk to it. It's do I need to do I need to know that I'm talking to it. So, for example, I get the guy that comes in cannot do this one. I get nothing. I cannot hypnotize him. So I've got his money in my pocket, and I've got 55 minutes to go. Well, what am I going to do now? And this is a great thing because my experience tells me 
but um, I've already made contact. And the part is more looking at me through his eyes right now, and it's saying one of two things. Bob, this guy is an idiot. I can't even get him to, to move his hand, for Christ's sake. He's questioning anything. I'm trying to do it, and he's fighting it. Look at him. Look at him carefully, Bob. And right enough, the guy's like, oh. <laughs> he's fighting to move a hand. And think, Jesus. Or it's saying, um, I just can't. It's me. It's my fault. I can't. I can't do the nerve end things. It's, it's just not working. But hey, Bob, I'm here. Put forward your argument. Yeah, mm. I'm here. So, so don't waste it. Just because we can't tweak his finger, don't go all sulky with me on me, on, on me, Mister Therapist. And think, well, I didn't work. It's working perfectly. You're here. Speak. So very often, so my next line comes. You know, I'm a lover of scripted words. So my next line, I think, like that would be, oh, by the way, I should have said this earlier. Uh, we don't need to put you into hypnosis or anything like that. We could do this sitting at a bar, drinking a gin and tonic together, for a coffee. We could go horse riding together, and this would work absolutely perfectly. But it seems to be better if I relax the hell out of you for some reason. If you can close your eyes and just, just lean back, it's just, just much better. And that's what I'm going to ask you to do in a minute. While we're doing this, by the way, you'll probably be thinking to yourself, that's a total waste of time. I'm not in hypnosis. I'm not even sure the guy knows way. Don't worry about that. I'm happy for you to think that way. You might be thinking of sex. You might be thinking of going to the movies. You might be thinking of your next holiday. And you're not listening to anything I'm saying. Don't worry about that. Because I'm not talking to you. I'm talking, I'm talking to a part within you, your subconscious. Remember, it's within there. I'm not talking to your subconscious. I'm talking to a part within your subconscious. Let's say it that way, because it's nice and simple. That way you can understand me. It might be something much bigger than that. But that's it. So can you sit back and close your eyes? And the part within him, I think, is looking at him, looking at me through his eyes, thinking, okay, he gets it. He's making contact with me. We'll get him to show up. Yeah, I carried me here. And he'll put forward his argument. <laughs> and my arguments will be something similar to the guys come to me with this problem. It probably happened for a reason. You were probably there when it happened. And you thought, I need to do something about this. So since then, you've been telling him, hey, be careful, buddy. Just, just, just be careful. And he, very similar to your one once, you know, the mother's jacket. Put your jacket on, it's cold outside. They don't hear that. They hear there's men in a car awaiting for you. They'll take you away. They'll never see you again. The mother's standing there with the jacket saying, I'm not saying that. I'm saying put your jacket on. So I, I tell the client that with the belief, total belief, that the part inside them is listening, slapping its thighs, throwing its head back, pissing itself laughing, think, jeez, that is well put. So guess what I always do? I said, oh, by the way, this this, this comes from, a, from a, a friend of mine, Lance Baker, in Australia. So the park goes, oh, that's or maybe I'll we'll maybe look him up. Yeah, anything like that. So I do, I, I, I openly share these things. But what, what do I do? I discover that if I do that, if I have a foot up with the part, I will just carry on. And the assumption, the parts listen, and there's a chance of them getting fixed. And it's lovely, is it? Come back, back the next week. How's it going? Yeah. Yeah, I'm fine. So that's it. Now, could you train people like that? The answer is yes and no. It's nice to give somebody that, but also they need to do it. They need to be doing hypnosis. They need to be getting evidential. So I always go for it, as you know. I always go for evidence, always. But if I don't get it, I don't worry about it. Mm. That's the deal. You know, I'll always go for what I'm looking for. Is that evidence? Confirmation, yeah? 
And if you could just tell me if that's okay, is that, is that okay? Yes, that's okay. Or I lifted my hand or I nodded my head. I'll go for confirmation. But if I don't get it, I'll cut on. And we'll always get those that I'll never fix. And that fascinates me. They're the ones that, not that I like, they're the ones that blow me away. I find that completely fascinating. And it might be true. By the way, it's the therapist's favourite work, isn't it? Including the spiritual healer. It's the favourite line. You know, the cripple doesn't walk, doesn't walk ever again. And they say, it's not meant for you in this life. Mm. And they're, 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 they're sitting there looking at him thinking, fucking so on. Is that Is that your answer? It's not meant for And by the way, here's the funny thing that might be true. All of that just be absolutely true. It's a hard one to call for once. Yeah? It's a real hard one to make a judgment on. But that's why I and a few select people who are good friends of mine, we talk to each other about some of our ailments and we're okay with them. We think, this is it. This is, this is it. I mean, I've got, I've got, I've got, um, I've got heart disease. I've got COPD. Uh, my left knee's gone AWOL and I've got a face in my hips. What do I think? I think that's okay. In my 70s, I think it's part of the course. I think I've done really well. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe having a real hard time with it. So, you know, so our attitude comes into everything, does it? But Mark, to answer your question, no, we don't have to make contact, knowing contact, we can be assumptive. And then we'll, we'll, we'll find out later, will we? Because we'll find out in the second session. The ones that won't find out, of course, are these very, very special therapists that see somebody once and once only. They fix them, they never ever come back. How wonderful are they? There you Certainly go. not me. And we, something else I was going to ask you, you've, you've pretty much hinted at there. Uh, there's a lot of people out there that believe trance is necessary for change with hypnosis. What's, uh, what's your rebuttal for the, for those people? Well, it's just, it's, uh, you know what, it's not even, a, it's not even, a, a rebuttal isn't even required. It's one of these things where I open my mouth and, and I say something, they either believe me or they don't believe me. So what I'm saying is based on half a century of experience, not just with me, but with lots of other people all around the world, exchanging ideas and views and evidences. Uh, the, the answer is evidently, absolutely not. It's mm. just not decent. And that used to haunt me because I wanted to be a hypnotist. I wanted to hypnotize them and show my power and they would get better and it would be good. And I've got this guy and I can't hypnotize him. No, it's shit. Well, it's not shit. He doesn't need to be hypnotized. He doesn't need to be in trance. It's mm. just not a problem. So in fact, most of my work now, I do hypnosis because they expect to be hypnotized. So I go and do something like that. But nearly all my work now could be done with no hypnosis whatsoever. Although I am I'm completely convinced of that. So we just we just don't need it. My, my background used to be that I hypnotize them. I go from their subconscious. I go to the cause of their effect. I talk to the cause, the cause changes, the effect falls away. And let me tell you, that is a great argument, isn't it? Mm. That is a phenomenal argument. And it's almost like that's got to be true because it's such a great argument. And it's it's brilliant except for one thing. It's not true. It's just just not true. And that's that's a fact of it. We've got this thing that's we're living with, this term called evidence-based. Evidence-based is a pain in the ass. It's a complete pain in the ass. It's interesting as well because most people who believe in evidence-based are shit therapists. 
and shit the hypnosis. And I'm sorry about that, but that's just my findings. I know some of you are watching this right now. We are shit, okay? But call me anytime, okay? I'm a child like that. But, but seriously, the, 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 it's like a gong has been formed where I'll just say I'm evidence-based. And that will be accepted. Oh, my God, there's some man who runs this whole thing based on evidence. But there's hardly any evidence within evidence-based workers. There's a, there's a workshop going to be coming out in the not a workshop, uh, uh, convention, London convention, and it's it's more and more evidence-based than ever before. They're pulling scientists into it. They have never hypnotized anyone in their life, not how to do it, but they've got some things written down in a piece of paper that suggest these are the stats. Uh, it's just, it's all wrong. And yeah, I've met people, I did a, I did a workshop, a lecture really, last, last month in Holland, and the people in the room there were, were really all, not all, six, seven of them were really for evidence-based. But we had a long discussion into the wee hours of the morning, and I, hopefully I, I sorted them out. See, they think there's evidence-based and there's anecdotal. They think that everything guys like me do is only anecdotal. There's not such a word as anecdotal. It's called only anecdotal or maybe anecdotal. Yeah? In other words, it's, it's storytelling. It's just a story. It's like I don't do anything. Like a, it's like for 50 years I've been walking around telling effing stories. <clears throat> yeah, well, I got it. It's so bad. It's fantastic. Yeah, it's kind of like that, as opposed to the wonderful evidence based stuff. And the, the, the exact opposite is true. The work that I do with this, this anecdotal evidence becomes evidence based because I've done it 100,000 times. Hmm. Yeah, it's the same story, which is evidential. That it's based on that fact that if I do this, then that normally happens. And it's not just me, it's the other 5,000 therapists that I know fairly well, and we've talked about the same things, <laughs> as opposed to the two scientists from Oxford who've done a test with 17 people from Monday to Thursday two years ago. It's just ridiculous that this is evidence based. Yes. That's the world of us. Yeah. Uh, I find most evidence based people that fixate on that anyway uh are just looking for confidence they don't have confidence in the therapy room yet so they want a piece of paper that gives them that confidence to get out there if it's yeah, a starting yeah. block it's probably a good place to start yeah. but yeah uh if i went just on what was in scientific papers with what i did with hypnosis uh i i think i needed to go on the loony bin because uh, things are quite different <laughs> Stuff gets weird. Uh, so you you mentioned a word there earlier that not many people in the therapy world are comfortable to use, uh, but I, th I think it's a good word. Uh, fixed. Uh, if if people come for a session and they feel fixed, do you think they always stay fixed? Yeah, well, the answer is no. Uh, the answer is one hundred percent no. Um, I'd, I want to say yes, but I, I can't. Uh, sometimes so. Sometimes I get fixed and stay fixed. First of all, let's spend a moment with the word fixed, because um, I've had people really give me a hard time, hard bollocking for using the word fixed. I mean, it's in the, you know what? It's in the dictionary. And you can read it, and you can read what it means, and it means they get, they get, they get sorted. It doesn't say permanently sorted, because it's not permanently fixed, but it gets sorted. So it's a word that you're allowed to use. The person come along to see me, riddled with anxiety. They can't drive a car across town. I do my bit. 
hoovery doovery moovery, there's no anxiety, they're driving the car across town. I would suggest they're fixed. We need to move on now. We need to not have any more discussion now. Yeah, but is it really fixed, Bob? Shut up. Shut up. Yeah, it's really fixed. But permanent fix takes a, takes a little bit longer. As you know, my, my pet hit is more about the claims that someone has a thing that they use that fixes everybody. Um, these are my, I mean, I'm really, I've got big chunks of that. I mean, there's huge names in the industry right now talking about a thing they'll be doing at the next convention they're going to be doing, whether it's Vegas or whatever. And if you do this, your world will totally change and you will, you will fix thousands of people in this world. You simply do this. And I have to, in fact, it's, it's really important I, I don't get too involved in the discussion of them because I don't know, because I switch off. Mm. I absolutely switch off. I don't last longer than, I don't last a minute. I switch off. If I'm in a room and someone's doing a talk like that, I stand up and I walk out. It's just, just ridiculous. But uh, there it is. It is. That's uh, like the swan. It's a protocol. It's, I, I, I think Rick summed it up quite well. It, it's, it's the gateway. It's the gateway to the floor. Yeah. Like you, can, you can get somewhere great, but it's the doorway. And it's what the therapist does with that contact once they're there and uh well i, I was going to ask you a big taboo question i'm going to front you with my answer and give you the question uh there's lots of people that think scripts are necessary and do they work and lots of these people that have these protocols that will fix everyone it's you've got to follow their script for it to work and uh it i think a script has to be yours for it to work i don't think I could make a script up and have everybody do it and have it work perfectly with everybody. Somebody reads me a script, I turn off. Unless unless that script is in them. In them, in them. Uh, uh, what, what do you feel about scripts and their necessity and if they work? I'm reminded, I'm reminded of a guy from uh, Glasgow called Frank McArthur. He came up to work with me and... Uh, it was probably three o'clock in the afternoon. We've been talking for some time. And uh, I really liked him, really great guy. And for some reason, he broke into conversation. He never knew anything about my work, but he broke into conversation with scripts. And he says, you know, it's just dreadful. I mean, I could, I could spot one a mile away. And I says, but could you? And he says, yes. I said, well, you, you, you need to know that I've been using scripts for the last six hours. I've been using nothing but scripts. And I could see him not even getting angry, almost. And I says, but let's record some of the other things that I do, and then I'll show you my, I'll show you my work. And he says, okay. So I did a thing, and you already know that I do this once. I did a presentation. I did the same consultation with the next person that came in. And then the next, and then he recorded it, and he, he got a print of it. And the next one that came in, I says, come in, nice deep breath, close your eyes, and you know, all the way back. I went forward and I opened the drawer, I pulled out a script. I mean, you had this one. It says, as you do that, you allow yourself to drift, beam, float, all the way down, just deeper and deeper. And the guy thought, shit, he's reading a script. And the answer was, I'm not reading a script. I'm reading my script. I'm reading the script that I use to get results to fix them. But it's not the script that will fix them. It's me using this work instead of that word. Do you know what, Lance? Many years ago, 
This is how I got involved with Skibs, Dave. Many years ago, I was a really great uh, training officer for a company called Windsor Life. I ended up becoming the national sales manager. And we used to have door canvassers to go around and knock on doors, yeah? Hi, just in the area, and wondering if you, did you want any help or anything with insurances or anything like that today? <laughs> okay, sorry to trouble you, and you'd go on. And it was it was killing the, killing the people. And a guy called uh, uh, um, John McParland asked me to have a look at it. And I came, back, I came up with this thing. I said, I want everybody to be trained to say this when they go at the door. And I took uh, a person out with me training them, and I knocked on the door. And when they opened the door, instead of stepping forward and a direct salesperson still to do, I took a step back and made an open-handed gesture. And I said, hi, sorry, it's you. My name is Bob Burns. I'm with Windsor Life Insurance Investment People. We'll make an appointment right now today to call back at a later date and see if we can give you any help or advice sometime in the future, perhaps. Now, we're here between 7 and 9 this evening or 10 and 12 tomorrow morning. Which of these would be the best for yourself? And I said exactly that. I said, look at this. Look what I'm talking about. After all that time, I've just said my script. Now, does it sound like a script? It's just me talking openly. But I know it so well, I don't need to think about the script. Mm. And it stopped me from saying, so, hi, I'm just, um, it's like, well, do you want any insurance or anything? To, to, it's, it's just horrendous. Come in, it reeks of being highly unprofessional. It's just dreadful. It's the same with the, uh, it's the, same with the, uh, the elevator script. Yeah? If you walk into an elevator, and there's Richard Branson, and he says, hi, how are you? And you say, I'm fine. He says, so what are you doing here? Imagine Richard Branson saying, what are you doing here? Sounds about like, who are you? What do you do? Why don't you get a chance to tell Richard Branson who you are, what you do? But here's the deal. You've got 15 seconds. That's how long it'll take to go up to floor 40 where he gets off. So most people go, well, it's a funny thing. I, you know what? I kind of, I like people, yeah? And I, I like to walk with, I think basically what I'm trying, ping, that's it. Branson's left the left. Because they can't turn around and say, well, basically, I work with people who have a far, far better life. And it works maybe 99% of the time. I'd love to work with you. Here's my card. And give you a demonstration of what I do sometime. Would that be okay? It's an elevator talk. And mm. guess what else it is? It's a script to make sure I don't waffle. Yes. After that, I can waffle. So the script is only the script to, to kick you off. Then you get to waffle. I don't, I don't spend my whole life using scripts. But for my consultation, I do, as you know, once because I need to say precisely this at the right time. And we could go deeper. I'm not going to do it now. You know I do it at, my, at, the, at the workshop. I explain more and more why I use a script. And, what, and I invite people, do I not? Give me a hard time. Come to me. Show me why it's shit. Tell me what's wrong with this. I invite them. I scream at them to do this, and it, it never happens. Because, you know, it's I've really studied and studied to learn scripted talk. By the way, nearly everybody I talk, that doesn't use scripts. When I watch them work, guess what? Nearly every single one of them is scripted. Mm. But they, they don't know they're scripted. How about that? I, wouldn't, it, uh, wouldn't it be good to know if you're scripted? Yes. I, I was challenged by that. Uh, I didn't think I was scripted and then sat in the room with you a bunch of times and realized, shit, I'm scripted with a lot of different <laughs> I've got a few things down pat of what I go into, and that yeah. is a script, but I never pull a piece of paper out and read it. Uh, and I never sell that to someone else to do exactly as I do to get an exact solution to a problem. Uh, 
I uh, yes, I, I agree. I think a script, uh, if it's yours and you've got it inside dialed down, you can do wonders. Uh, if you've got somebody else's and you've just printed it out, you're probably going to crash and burn. Yeah. So if somebody says to me, I can, I can spot a script at a mile away, my answer is not when I do it, you can't. Yeah. Simple yeah. as that. That's somebody that doesn't know this. Yes. And, that, that. Uh, and, and what you just described there, like your initial consultation, uh, the wall, uh, it did my head in when I first got introduced to it. I was like, that's too much to remember. Uh, and then played with it piece by piece and it works well. Uh, I sat down and I tried to make a better wall. I couldn't. And of course, of course, of course, Lance, what I do is I tell you how important it is to remember, but then I show you how important it is that you don't have to remember it. Yeah. Because <laughs> suddenly I bring, I bring Goldilocks into the room. Goldilocks makes everything fine. Yeah. Exactly. And that's why where I am, where I'm saying, I get to see everybody smile. We go, yes, yes, I get that. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, that's And the audience at home has gone, what the fuck is he talking about with Goldilocks? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Could you tell us the Goldilocks story in a quick, brief fashion? I suppose I could very briefly. Um, every salespeople, and that's what we are, by the way. As anybody watching this, that's what you are. You're a salesperson. You've got absolutely nothing. Imagine that. You have got nothing. You sit there, they sit over there, and you've got to open your mouth and speak. And that's what you've got. You've got nothing. You've got no tools. You're a therapist. Absolutely zero. So you better know what you're talking about. And if you're completely non-scripted, you'd better be really, really good. Or you'll end up like one of these, oh, you know, I feel it. Uh... <laughs> It's a funny thing, but uh, and they just waffle on and on and on. So you better really be professional when they're doing it. So the whole idea, of course, is to know what you're talking about. And so back to what I thought I started, salespeople. Salespeople have got to be great at sales, and they've got to be really well scripted. Uh, top magicians, all the best magicians in the world, Eugene Berger, the greatest magician of all, I would say, as a mentalist, would say, you've got to know your script. If you don't know your script, you cannot get work. So they really, they're all, they go, I expect to take it like I put it over there. It's all scripted. All the top pros are completely scripted, like the top salesmen. So when I was at course many, many years ago now, we had to learn the script within two weeks or you wouldn't get home. We were told you can't get home. And it wasn't a long, it wasn't a long script. It was only something like, like a seven minute script. So we, we stayed in every night to learn the script. And on the Friday, it was my, my job to, uh, to, uh, to, 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 to do the pitch. You do the pitch and everybody goes home. And I made a couple of mistakes. And I said, sorry, sorry. Said, that's okay, you're doing fine. So start again and start again. And I got it wrong again. So I'll tell you what it is. Says, it's just, I'm terrified because I know that if I don't get it right, I don't, we don't get to go home. And the guy stared at me and started laughing. He says, do, do you believe that? Do you believe if you've got to get this right, I'm going to stay with you over the weekend in a room with you. I'm leaving here in one hour and 15 minutes. You're coming with me. We'll be on the same train. That's a fact. No matter what you're doing. I said, but what about this thing? If we don't, if we don't learn it, we don't get to go home. And the guy, without missing a beat, said, "Oh, we lie to you. We just tell you that. You're young. You're young. Your kids. You're in your twenties. You'll be shagging every night. You'll be out there. You've got to stop. We've got to keep you in to learn the script. So we tell you, if you don't know it, you don't get home. So we lie to you. Now I'm furious. And I'm, I'm, I'm getting. I'm, I'm even worse now. 
And he says, oh, stop. He says, let me tell you a story. And here it comes, Lance, as you know. He says, once upon a time, there were three bears. And three bears, and they lived in the edge of a forest. And they went into town one day, and while they were away in town, this girl came along. She had blonde, well, there wasn't so much blonde hair, it was more like golden hair. And uh, she had little curls. I say curls, it was more like locks. In fact, they called her Goldilocks. In fact, and by the way, Lance, look, look what I'm doing. I'm using a script to tell you the story. It's ridiculous, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so he says, Goldilocks comes into the house and she, uh, she saw this hard chair. It was her father's chair, but it was just too hard. And she tried the baby bear's chair. It was too too soft. Mommy bear's chair was just right. She sat for a while and oh. And then instead of they going upstairs next, she went through into the kitchen. And there he says, were three bowls of cornflakes. And I said to him, Tinklefell, uh, it's porridge. And he said, I beg your pardon. I said, it's, it's porridge. It's three bowls of porridge. He said, well, I'm, I'm telling the story, but how, how, how do you know? And I said, because I've heard the story before. He said, that's right, you idiot. You've heard the story before, but they haven't. They've never heard your story before. So they won't know if you're making a mistake unless you tell them you're making a mistake. So do you plan and tell them you're making mistakes? And I says, no. He says, then you're going to be fine. You'll be well scripted, but when you make a mistake, nobody will know. Don't you think you can handle that? And I always said, and I went to kiss him. I got it. I got it immediately. I thought, oh my God, oh my God, what a secret. Goldilocks, what a wonderful secret. So when I do all my talks now, whenever I go, like I said last month, I'm in Holland. I haven't done a stand-up on my feet for a year and a half now. And I was a bit concerned about it. I've got a lot of stuff to remember. As you know, it's a long day for me. Eight or standing there. And I'm doing my bit. You know, I'm making mistakes all over the place. But they don't have a clue because I am Goldilocks in my mind. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, that's... It's been a valuable story for me. Uh, I've used it plenty of times. Uh, and so how important do you feel phenomena? is in the therapy room for a hypnotherapist? Um, it's not important, but it is for me. So it's an individual thing here. So it's an it's, for me, it's an individual thing to try. At the end of the day, to begin with, I am a hypnotist. And a hypnotist does phenomena. Let me change that. A hypnotist attempts phenomena. So I want to see if the fingers come together. I want to see if this hand goes down, as this arm goes up. I want to see if the fingers will lock. Although I don't do that, as you know, I do hand stick instead. I want to try these things. Um, and if they work, that's great. If they don't, it's okay. But I never fail in the therapy room because I never say, I'm going to do this now. Your hands will stick together. We never do that because if they don't, I'll fail. So no one ever gets to see me fail in the therapy room. And you're very special. We're not going to go into it right now, but you'll know what I'm talking about today. Once I demonstrate to somebody when I do a hand stick, when I do a hand stick, and if, I, if I'm successful, they will love me. It will be phenomenal. And if I fail miserably, no one will know. That's a pretty cool thing to have as a skill. A skill where you either shine, nobody knows if you fail miserably. And I teach that in the workshop, yeah? But I always go for, I always go for the phenomena because I'm a hypnotist. They like it. They like stuff like that, yeah? Yeah, I've, uh, I've, I've seen you put a couple hundred bucks on the floor and stick yeah. somebody to a chair, tell them to come get it, and they're swearing at you that they can't get off their chair, and then they're buying your lunch. <laughs> and you've got your couple hundred yeah. bucks back in your pocket. <laughs> and that's in the, uh, that's in the, the second D DVD that's out there. Uh, Dumb Loadable, The Swan Speaks, 
where I offer somebody a thousand a thousand pounds, all he's got to do is put out his hand and take it from me. So you've got to be. You, remember, this, this is live. This is not edited. We're not doing a film shot here. That's yeah. completely why what people can't hear is the pro producer in my ear saying, "What are you crazy?" <laughs> yeah, I mean, he was more worried about it than I. And of course, as you know, also know, Lance, sometimes instead of a thousand dollars to be picked up, I offer them if you can kick me in the balls. <laughs> You better be you better be absolutely sure that all you hear by the way every time I do that, I don't know what it is, but it's the women in the room screaming, kick him, kick him, you know, which is quite concerning for me. Um I've only been game enough a couple of times to do it, and that's with money, not with my balls. Uh and I've picked my subjects first. <laughs> Do you feel on that picking your subject first uh, that change work is either easier or better if you've got a somnambulist? Uh, are, again, I, could, I desperately want to say yes, but the answer is no. My findings is no. I get a pure somnambulist who went to hypnosis like that. They'll, they'll, they'll work on the fast stuff much better. I can take it with a pen. Uh, again, as you know, Lance, I'll take a needle. I'll, I'll put it right through someone's hand. It's not a puff in the skin. This is right through, like like the crucifixion. I'll put a needle right through the hand. They'll feel no pain. Uh, and they don't even need to be a synonymous to do that. And that's a different story. If they are a good synonymous, I can do that with them. Uh, and I can take away all the pain right now. But will that fix it? No. For me, synonymism isn't about that. It's just strange. I'll get somebody who's sitting with me thinking, well, this is just completely not working. And they, they just get fixed. Or they just lose all the weight. Or they'll never smoke a cigarette again. It's quite amazing. There's a whole load of people don't want to hear me talking like this. And I used to be one of them. So I understand it. I'm, I'm actually on their side. When they come for me, looking for me in the night, and they say all these, they make up all this shit about me, I'm on their side. You know, someone said, we don't want this to go out there. We want it to make it look as if we've got to be a really good hypnotist. And, and yeah, it's, it's, just not, it's just not true. But there's two things. Number one, if I tell somebody it's just not true, that wouldn't, that wouldn't help them mm. at all. I've got to show them what to do, but it doesn't matter. Yeah? Mm. And that's what workshops are about. Not me sitting in front of somebody saying, but don't worry about that because it doesn't matter. You're still fixing. That's not going to work. I've got to show them what to do. And by showing them what to do, they'll do it. They get the same results. They come back to me and they go, oh, man, just, I, I get what you're saying now. Mm. So there's something about all human beings. There's something... We've got the somnambulist thing, but there's almost another thing outside somnambulism that we don't have a word for yet. It could be a creako, a pakiwaki, a nookie a thinky dinky, a monkey wonky, something. We are something, but we just say something to somebody, they go, yeah. yeah. So, for example, I'm very suggestive. You start talking to me about chocolate cake, I really fancy one, beer, I really fancy it, uh, holidays in Tenerife, I'll, I'll pick up my phone, I'll, I'll, I'll look them up. I'll laugh at myself while I'm doing it. It's just, I'm just so suggestive. You, you but are. But I'm not a synonymist. No, no, but you will send me a thousand dollars on PayPal tonight. My, uh, from my mental list of the people who have frustrated me the most of who I couldn't get change from, I'd, I'd say that list would be mostly populated with somnambulists. I can get them to do amazing things, forget numbers, forget their name, stick them to a chair, all the rest. 
deeper on the day, but the life changes. It's like some part inside of them is that creative. It sticks to whatever their original goal was, no matter what we've discussed. And uh, there's others though, the, the change they want happens straight away, but I have more frustrations with some ambulance for good change than others. I'm going to put you in a hard spot and give you a big question. And I understand you're not going to have a perfect answer for a moment, but I'd, I'd be curious to know from your findings in the therapy room and everywhere else where you've explored hypnosis and the swan, what you think is going on behind the scenes with just an everyday person's consciousness, like what's going on behind me? Well, that's the easiest question you've asked me for now. Okay. Yeah? <clears throat> because I absolutely don't know. <laughs> yes. That's the fact of it. I could I'm I'm quite skilled, you know, and I could probably do I could probably do a couple hours on what's going on. And for some people in the room they might be fooled into thinking, this guy really knows his shit. Yeah. <laughs> I can look confident, I can nod a lot, make an overhanded gestures and all that stuff, but I don't know. I've had the discussion with lots of people. I think I'm I'm trying to make this sound okay that I'm not being too cocky here. I'm involved in bigger things. Do you know that? I, I, I honestly am. I'm involved in much, much bigger things than that. I think it's maybe such a small thing. In fact, it's maybe something so simple that it's this. There's maybe the, the God, or I prefer to call them. The guys in the big room are watching this discussion right now. They're all good friends of ours, by the way. We just decided to come down for this life, this lifetime, and they never. So they'll look at this and go, it's boring, this. They're talking about this. They're talking about, yeah, they're talking about the thing. And I knew Lance was thinking of asking him. He's asking him. And, uh, and what they don't know is, of course, it's as simple as this. We control it all. And they control it all. And they decided before they were born that they would not be in the control of that. They would not be in control of that. And it's really important to them. I had I, 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 a, a wonderful lucid dream once when I talked to this guy. And... Uh, he was from the other side. So I'm living this the earth when he's not. And I'm aware that I'm in the lucid dream. And I said to him, could you tell me something right now? And something that I, I wouldn't, could not possibly know. And he's smiling all the way through. And he said, well, yes. But if I did, and then you would know it, that would be good, yeah? I said, yeah, that would be really good. He said, well, when it time, come, time comes for you to finish this life, and you come over, you'll kick my butt. And I said, why would I do that? He said, because the deal is, before you were born, you decided not to know about this during this lifetime. That's the deal. That's the deal you made. You made us promise not to help you. Guess what, Bob? We helped you the last time in the 1920s and 30s. You came up here, you were headbutting everyone. You were saying things like, what did I tell you? Don't give me all the answers. And forget that shit, law of attraction rubbish. I'm meant not to know during this journey. And this was the lucid dream I was having. And this is hard me. I'm thinking, that sounds absolutely spawned. Mm. Or, or, or it makes no sense. If I get to know everything, just, just, there's no point to it all. So I'm quite happy at certain things I just don't know. I'll, I'll give you a perfect example. You know, some people will be switching off from about no, I haven't switched off up to now. Guys, this is the time for you to switch off. Lance, you're going to get this. I know you, and you're going to get this. You ready? I'm making 
uh, a bolognese, a vegan bolognese uh, for my wife about a month ago. Everything's fine except the onion. I hold the onion because if I open it now, I'll start crying. I'll, I'll open it a little bit later. The onion is there. It's at one o'clock. It's next to the cooker there. It's next to there. I've got a small thing of red wine. I'm putting a little bit of red wine for the sauce. We're not heavy drinkers, but we'll put it in for the sauce. And everything is going great. I even put, because I'm such a stinker when I'm cooking, I even put it to my alarm. That's for eight minutes. So we're ready to put the onion in them. I go through the house. My alarm goes off. I come back. The onion's gone. The onion is gone. Now, to cut a long story short, I've said a for the onion. And anybody looking at this right now, and I get it, by the way, I'm on your side. I'm on your side. I'd be saying the same thing. You already put the onion in, you idiot. You put it in the bin, you never knew it was there. It rolled off and it's gone somewhere else. Listen, guys, I know all of that. And I've covered all of that. And I am telling you that the onion was taken away. Right? That's how crazy I am. I'm telling you the onion was taken away. It was taken away by my mates, the guys in the big room going, let's just, uh, let's just see how he reacts to this. Yeah? And what I decided to do was to look up and just laugh at him. That's my last onion. You got that? This is not funny. This is my last onion. And I, and I get this impression being impressed on me. Yeah, sure, I could use garlic salts. So it might be okay, but that's my last onion. And I made it without the onion. Now, I believe, you ready for this, Lance? I believe that a couple of years from now, I'll be talking with some raving psychic, and they're not doing too well. Suddenly they've got to turn around and say, and I've just been asked by someone to talk about the bolognese and the onion that went missing. Does that mean anything to you? Why? Because that's the why, that's how my life works. Yeah. That's a first, yeah. So I like all these small incidental things. So come right back to your question. It's not important. <laughs> I don't know the answer. I've no way of knowing the answer. And I'm not meant to know the answer. And I don't need to. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I know what you're talking about with the onion. I'm a, a man of my word. And uh, I, I, I've been talking with my old man about this thing I'd done. Uh, it was it was this little ritual thing. I got stuck in a spot and uh, I thought, try this magic process. And uh, one of my friends, Gordon White, I had he read his book and there was this thing in it. And I was like, I'm going to try that. I tried it and it worked. Uh, and I'd, I'd had, uh, had contact with an ancestor of mine. It was weird, really imagined. I was, uh, I was, I was in my head thinking it was imagined at the time and seemed real afterwards. I told my old man about it. And he's like, I want to read that book. So like, okay, I'll bring it next time. And, and my, my library's usually pretty organized at the moment. Only half of it is because I only just unpacked it this week, but I looked in the bookshelf for it before I went to see him. Could I find it? Nope. I turned my house upside down for a day looking for this book to make sure i took it to my old man could i find it nope and i get there and uh i can't couldn't find the book sorry i thought i knew where it was but it's it's not there and uh and while i'm there my dad bought me a bunch of uh hypnosis books and a reiki one and uh and he he gave me those and he he was telling me afterwards when mum was out somewhere, he'd uh, he'd also bought a tarot book, and uh, and mum come in when he was reading it, and 
She lost it at him. You're not doing those tarot things. He's like, oh, I want to make some money on retirement. No, you're not doing that. He was just taking the piss. He was just reading it because he was curious. He wasn't going to go to the markets and start doing tarot. And she's like, no, you got to get rid of that book. So he got rid of the book. And I thought, it would have been in trouble if I gave him a magic book of rituals <laughs> if he was getting in trouble for reading tarot. I'm glad I didn't get it. As soon as I get home, park the car, I go in, I go to the bookshelf of where I thought it was, where I looked at least a dozen times. That book is right there. Yeah. And I'm like, where was this book before the weekend? I'm glad I didn't find it, but that it did my head in for ages. How does it work? Here's the thing, man. Some people think that's a shitty story. And yeah. why would you say that? And who's interested? And what about it? I am fascinated with stories like that. That have no meaning whatsoever. Yes. And later, later you find out that it happened because of this. Yeah. Well, I just lost 13 subscribers and gained two. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> and I've got better people. So. Uh, it's, it's, it's bizarre, this world. I don't know what it's all about. I, I, I've got a question for you that, uh, that that popped in with what you were talking about from your dr lucid dream. Uh, I have a pondering with that. If that philosophy of we come here to go through an experience and do what we, we come to do without knowing, without being told about it, without getting help and all that sort of stuff, if that's, if that's the structure of the universe and how things work. What do you think would be the implication for a hypnotherapist who messes with that structure every day by helping people? Well, first of all, I don't. I don't think they can. I don't think anybody can. I don't think. Uh, I don't think anybody can do anything here. I don't even think uh, Russia could could mess with it with a nuclear bomb. It's it's the way it is. Um, it's. Um, I remember getting, um, and you'll 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 know what I'm talking about here, Lance. Every and again, we get a we get a sighting. It could be in the middle of five grams of mushrooms or something like that. But suddenly, you get something where you just uh, you start sobbing with uh, a truth that's given to you in the moment, if where you know everything. It's rather like the movie uh, The Matrix, where he goes, "I know kung fu." Yeah. It's 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 almost identical to that. It's almost identical to that. Where you get you get in some way, I know a couple of thousand people very, very well. I know them all. And and I know I've known them for yeah, maybe a couple of million years. And I know everything that I've ever had in contact with them. And I know who I am and what I am. And the beauty of it all makes me just sob. Immediately sob. And as I'm sobbing, because I've done this a few times, they're always going to happen next. Five minutes from now, I'm not going to be sobbing, and this will be gone. I'll have the memory that something like this happened, but not one of the thoughts will be able to come back with me. Not one name, not one happening, nothing at all. And I love that. Mm. And I understand the reasons why that would have to be. Because while I'm in, while I'm in, in human form, I'm an arsehole. Right? You can't you can't give me these wonderful facts and reasonings. 
I'm a human being. I'm a complete twat. You know, I mean, I'm a, I am all about love, I say. And yet with 8 billion species in the world, there's only one of us, the human being. We take some of the others and we farm them so that we can eat them. It's just, it's just mental. And, and we, and we, we talk about God and the baby Jesus and love and, and angels. And it's just, just, we are just a ridiculous entity. So when we ask these deep probing questions, I always get a little bit giggly with them. We're not, we're not even fit to be asking some of these deep probing questions. But I can say that in, with confidence because everyone again, I eat mushrooms. And I, I get to go back and forth into this wonderful place. It takes maybe 20 minutes to get there. And I saw uh, sometimes for about five or six hours. But it's just, and I go back again and go, well, everything's sorted. And I don't need to know. I get the fact that I play, like, like when we talked about earlier, where the guy says, you'll just head, you'll just head on me. You know, you can't, you can't get this answer. But if we give it to you, you'll be angry. You've got it. Because you, you'll realize, I really shouldn't know that. Damn. Yeah. And it's not even important. Mike Carsey is really quite smart. I was saying this to Hayden um, um, Ebert just yesterday. Um, we were talking about Lucid Dreaming. We were talking about Carsey. And I said, son, as I sit with Carsey, and uh, what's the name of the thing again that everyone's doing? Um, to be at one with everything. What's it called again? It's a wonderful practice. What's it called? Mindfulness. Mindfulness. There's the one. So mindfulness is, is absolutely beautiful, isn't it? I get mindfulness, I understand it completely. But there's something just a, 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 it's just a it's just a breath before beyond mind, mindfulness even. And I love it. And I get that in my imagination. Let's let's say it that way, because that'll keep it nice and simple. From my cut, Cassie. Because often be sitting with that. We're, just, we're like us, we're looking at each other like that for ages and ages. And no, and I somehow I'll sense of saying just to be. I start laughing, yeah. And, I, and I'll say, and I'll say things as if I'm expecting an answer, but just to be, is that it? Sometimes we've just got to be, is that it? And she goes, yeah. <laughs> and I love it. And I laugh at myself for being an idiot for thinking this way. But at the same time, I'm open to the fact that mm, maybe. <laughs> so I love being with my cat. Cats are great. I'm a dog person, but I love cats. Because they're cleverer than dogs, humans, anything. It's just, they're there, are they? Just being. Mm -hmm. And it's okay for them. They know that compared to infinity, they're only here for that long. And sometimes being, eh, it's a wee bit better than anything else, yeah? Yeah. So I kind of, kind of, I kind of like that stuff. And of course, we touch and shit like this when we do the workshop, do we? <laughs> yeah. I get everybody in that corner and I give them a hammer and this kind of stuff as well. But it's good fun. On the workshop, we'll be we'll be doing crazy stuff. We'll be doing. I, I can't give them a hard time because it's not what they're signing up for. But I'm going, I'm going to torch them a little bit with love noses. We'll do that. And and I've a funny. I've got a feeling that some of them will actually love it. Mm -hmm. And one or two of them will feel awkward. That's good. If I can make them feel awkward, that's good. But not too much. They won't be too embarrassed. They'll give them an easy time. We'll sort after a while. And like I said, after afterwards. Uh, we've already talked in that, but afterwards we'll talk on the, uh, yeah, we'll have a go at doing some lucid dreaming with some of the folks. So, we'll, yeah, we'll start off with hypnosis. Start off with hypnosis, but we'll go into some wonderful weird places. Mm -hmm.
Speaking of hypnosis, who would you say was the most influential hypnotherapist, hypnotist to you? Uh, you know, well, you wouldn't know his name. Uh, nobody, nobody would know his name. Uh, but it was just a, it was just a, just a hypnotist, a guy who knew nothing other than how to hypnotize. That's all he knew. He couldn't open his mouth and give you a, a, a talk on anything. He never knew it. He just knew how to hypnotize. But he was great at hypnotizing. Yeah. So I, he was my mentor. Now I learned how to use his skills to, to hypnotize. And most of the stuff that's in him, and this is where I hate myself saying this, but when I read other stuff, uh, I go, oh, I, I don't agree with, with everything that people write, which means they don't agree with what I write, and that's good. I think that's a good mm. thing. But it's, a, it's very much a, a personal thing. It's a bit like, you know what hypnosis is like, being a hypnotist? It's a bit like, <coughs> it's a bit like Tai Chi. The great thing about Tai Chi is, you're, all, you're trying to get all these moves absolutely right, in absolute perfection, even your fingers, everything that happens. But the good news is, it's your Tai Chi. Mm. And both to the individual. And it's the same with hypnosis and hypnotherapy. I mean, let's be honest, to learn the basis, if I'm going to run a hypnosis course, that's a lovely story I, I must have told you before. In France. I must have. It's the first time I met Freddie Jackman. It was down in the South Coast, and Anthony... Uh, and known Anthony for a while, and there was Freddie Jackman. And um, he opened up with this. Oh, right, everyone, rub your hands, your fingers like that, and your feelings just wanted to come together. And yeah, they come together. But your head like this, one like that, deep breath, close your eyes. And this one feels like there's a heavy book on it. And this one's like a balloon, basic strength, strapped and sniffling out. Okay, have your hands together, and stuck and glue, and try and get them, and try, try, and one, two, open your eyes, and even more stuck. And yeah, your hands are completely stuck out. Okay, let's have a cup of tea. So we had a tea break. It's like 10 past nine. Yeah, started at nine. And he comes over to me. No, in all fairness to Freddie, I must say, this is tongue-in-cheek. He's using a bit of humour. He's not an idiot. He's a great hypnotist, of course. And he says to me, so you're Bob Burns? I says, yes. He says, so, basically, that's it. We run a, you know, we run a, we run a 40-hour course at that time. It's a 40-hour course. And we charge him, rather charge him. And uh, but that took me how long? What, 50 minutes, I think. Yeah, he says, so the problem is I need to find another 39 hours and 45 minutes. But basically, that's it. I thought it was beautiful. So I got, I got what he was saying to me. To learn the hypnosis itself, because what happens now is now we practice mm. stuff more and more and more. And you and I have talked about this before, Lance, that maybe in my workshops, I'm not severe enough. We, don't, we should maybe practice more. Two chains of thought we have, isn't there? Number one, come on, you've got them. Work. Don't let them do stuff on their own. Uh, a lot of people do that, and it's, it's not right. They should be learning from you. Second one is, come on, give them time to learn it. Because some people, and certainly me in the early days, I never give them time at all. They give them two 50-minute segments for the, for the weekend. It's, that's not nearly long enough. Hmm. So now we'll probably do maybe four segments, four or 20, 20 minutes or something like that, 20 minutes, half an hour. So that they can learn the swan. By the time they leave, everybody can do the swan. Mm. And so on and so forth. But uh, back to where we are, the hypnosis itself, just, it would take me to learn somebody to do hypnosis. In fact, here we go, I'm going off on a tangent again, but it's a good tangent, I think. Stuart McLeod and Barry Jones are two of the guys who, who worked for uh, uh, Darren Brown. 
There were two young magicians at the time. They got their own Saturday night special here in the United Kingdom, and they wanted to learn hypnosis. So they came through from London to Southampton, where I was staying at the time. I took them into my flat, and I, I showed them how to hypnotize. <coughs> we would have spent half an hour together, 30 minutes. Now I says, have you got all of that? And these, remember, these boys are good. These boys are presenters. These boys are, are doing cabaret, top cabaret. These boys have their own uh, Saturday night special on TV, world TV. So these boys can do the, the business, yeah? Mm. As we as we say, they know their chops, yeah? So this is good because we're away to go next door now and stop somebody from smoking. And the guy's laughed and I says, no, I'm serious. I made an appointment with that guy and I told him the two the best hypnotists in the world would be arriving at three o'clock and around about four o'clock and be taking him into his house. So we knocked on the door, we went in. The guy would have been about 60 years old. He's a heavy smoker. He's kind of smoking like that, you know. And as he did it, here we go. Here we go, Lance. You'll get this. Sure, did the whole thing. Nice deep breath. And you go deeper, deeper. Pull, put your hand in my hand. And three, two, one. Pull this hand away. Straight deeper, 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 deeper. Wave this hand all the way down. And as you do that, you find some drifting, dreaming, floating. And he's beginning to lose it now. Because they've only had 15, 20 minutes with me. He's never learned it. But as he was losing it, Barry then said, and suddenly you'll find a blue light coming from the top of your head right through your entire being. A gorgeous blue light. So he knows he's just now pulled in hesitation, modulation, emphasization. See stuff he knew about. I was watching him do that. I was fascinated. And he got to the part where he looked completely lost. And then 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 uh, his, his partner comes in again and he says, and yet the funny thing is, is it gets to a turns into a red light. It comes from your lower back. And I thought, oh my God, he's working the chakras here. It comes from your lower back. It goes right around into your tummy where it forms a bright orange. Yes, that's right. And I'm saying yellow will be next to screen, will it? Then he goes, and then it goes off to your left-hand side for this beautiful light light. But he's just using hypnotic language. And then the finish and says, and suddenly you can feel it. And body comes in, you feel the smoke just lifting away from you. It's a horrendous taste in your mouth. It's almost like you want to be sick, but you will not be sick. And it's just this presentation that does not exist. It doesn't exist. Now, I can tell you one to wide awake. And I'm just, I'm just, I'm just going to tell you this. That guy is still alive today. That would be about 17 years ago. I think today he would be in his mid to late 70s for sure. And he's never smoked a cigarette since. Wow. 15 situation and hypnosis. But my guys... Who could work with it? They could get the script. They could do Goldilocks. They could lose the script, and he would know they've lost it. They could go back in again and use powerful physiology. And again, go back to the question: Who hypnotized the guy? Was it them who hypnotized the guy? Or was it me who gave the suggestion that they were great? Could hypnotize the guy? Or was it the guy who accepted the suggestion and allowed himself to step into hypnosis? I love these questions. These are the questions. These are the questions that nobody asks. I don't know why. I love these questions. Yeah. So yeah, a lot, a lot of the stuff we don't need. At the end of the day, it's us. It's the person looking at us right now, thinking, "What do you mean, me? Yeah, I mean you." At the end of the day, it's you. You're the person who decides if this is it with your intention that you can create maybe the miracle of that particular moment. That's what it's all about. Mm. Yes. Uh, let's take a different tangent then. Uh, I've got another very tricky question for you, and and I don't presume you've got a perfect answer either. <laughs> uh, how do you think that the dream world and hypnosis could be, would be, are 
linked and where with they wouldn't be. Yeah, so now, so that's thinking. I need a couple of hours. Don't get it right. It's a, it's a really it's a, it's a really great question, but it's it's almost like I've got some I've got some really good strengths. I'm aware of. I would argue that that is not one of Bob Burns' best strengths um, because I'm fascinated by both, and I don't completely understand either. And I guess you've got to do that before you step in. Having said that, I've been watched lots of people talking about it, talking to people you know what they're talking about. And I'm starting to go, that's a shame of that. Um, I wonder if, uh, I mean, we'll come back to the very first statement. Is there such a thing as hypnosis? That's a great question. I know that's the obvious answer. Obviously, there is. You say people go sleep, they go deeper, deeper, deeper. Yeah, but we call it hypnosis. And we know there's no such thing as the sleep state. And even that's not true, is it? Because even and again, we do it one and go completely deep. Nothing happens at all until we say one, two, wide awake. They're really happening in a deep. Mm. I did it once with a sister-in-law of mine, just because she was getting my nerves. I had too much to drink. I put into hypnosis at eight o'clock, and I woke her up at ten past twelve. She missed the bells for New Year. <laughs> she yeah, it's just I would like you to ask that of other people and I'd be very happy to come to the party and listen to what they've got to say. But it's not it's not even my bug, you know. Yeah. Uh, and I'm just being honest. And, no. and again, I could walk I could walk from and give some answer. I'd be unhappy with it. Never mind you. So that's all right. That's 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 a good answer because it's an honest answer. Uh why why asked it was I no well, you're an amazing hypnotist, but you're also a dead set keen lucid dreamer that it fascinates you. And I know so much of your waking life is spent contemplating the dream world and, uh, and whether or not you're going to have a lucid dream that night. So I thought it us. But on, on that, and you've mentioned it before, lucid dreaming, for those that are listening but not uh, not aware of what it is, do you want to give a brief idea yeah. of what a lucid dream is. So we, we sleep for 20, uh, 75 years. Uh, we have been awake in life. Uh, 75 years we get in this earth, but uh, here's the bad news. You've lost 25 years already, because that would be in a dead place for you to sleep. Some of the people say, no, uh, you, you tell me you've, you, you know it. Some of you tell me they've never dreamt ever. The last thing you remember having was something like 10 years ago. You never actually dreamed. Um, those of you who will dream, you've never heard of lucid dreaming, or you're half heard, but you can't, can't imagine that being the case. And one or two of you will have lucid dreamt in the past, and hopefully even some of you might even be a lucid dreamer. Lucid dreaming is great. Imagine getting that time back. How about that? Imagine if I could snap my fingers and give you 25 years back. You'd be pretty cool, yeah? So, and when you go into these lucid dreams, so many happening where you're sitting The time comes along, gives you in, and you're looking over the edge, and you're smiling, and you're smiling till suddenly you think, "Wait a minute, I'm not good at heights." Yeah, I'm smiling, and I'm ridiculously comfortable. For some reason, I know that if I jump off the side here, I can fly. I must be dreaming. Yeah, it seems so real. Let me place this hand down for a second. Oh my God, that's the edge of my bed. 
Let me place this hand over here. Oh my God, that is the knee of my partner that I'm sleeping with. Yeah, I'm here on the mountain top. Can I come back? Yeah, so the Chinaman. So then we can start. And maybe through all the things of how you get somebody to answer you in a lucid dream. Sometimes you talk, you won't get an answer. So you do something ridiculous, like tickler. And he will stop it. Woo! So we now learn how to activate stuff within this dream that nobody even thinks about. And I did one a couple of nights ago, for example. But again, this is me, you see. I'm so fascinated by stuff. I've got this guy, and there was a guy who was, here we go. We don't want to be talking about this, but he was, I think he was interfering with, with children. Yeah. It wasn't in this this life that I'm in now. I felt I was like someone else, and uh, I had a different wife that was there. And this guy, tall man with blonde hair, and what not, not just interfering, I felt he'd done something with a child and was taken and placed him somewhere. So I got real close to look at this guy. And as I got real close, I thought, wow. And I put my hand out and I wasn't wearing glasses. So my next thought was, my eyes aren't that sharp. I am lucid dreaming. Oh, cool. So I got close again. And for me, it was fascinating to see this, this solitary here that was off the nose to the left-hand side and things like that. But I can see in a lucid dream. I can't see it in real life. A lucid dream. And then I listened. And I had like a motorbike in the distance. And, and little things like that. And then I look at the guy again. And then it gets crazy. And I say, why, why do you do that? And he says, what? And he looks nervous. And I says, you know what I mean. And now the whole atmosphere changes. And I'd love to tell you what happened after that, but damn it, I couldn't hold on to the dream. I just couldn't. I woke up with that. <laughs> you know, just couldn't hold on to the dream. So it would have been for a reason. Would somebody want to give me an eye and say, Christ sake, Bob, don't show me that. I don't, I don't want to be like that. And I, I would understand the argument, but I do. I want to be everything. I want to have that kind of skill to know that I'm something else. So we are all something else. We can be in lots of different places. You know the argument that we have a million different universes at the same time? You. It's a million Las Vegas. One of the ones, you're the Queen of England and you haven't even died yet. Who was that? And so on and so forth. So I love all these ideas. But I like the idea that you can't stand these people that do these things like dreams, these dreams. It's all lovely. It's all fluffy. That is not the way of any life, I don't think. So I'm quite comfortable that I had such a shocking dream because that is reality to me. And it will have been for a reason. And I'm annoyed with myself for not hanging on to that. Mm. And, and I have no idea. There's no point in me sitting back and thinking, well, you know, it could be. I have no idea. But I found it fascinating. Just alone to be, oh, my God, that I am lucid dreaming. So I am more than this. How about that? This thing here, I am more than this. I and by the way, when I say I, I'm talking about us. We are fascinating creatures. Mm -hmm. But nobody knows us how to be these fascinating creatures. I just did a lucid dreaming thing, by the way, uh, over, over five weeks, and I didn't think it went that well. But they seem to be, find it fascinating. I found that fascinating. But they seem to enjoy it more. I just, I want more. Yeah. But in all fairness, some of these people who only had dreams hadn't dreamt for, for lots of years. Mm -hmm. So for them to dream, Last night, you know, I taught them the next day, come up with this amazing dream they had. And there you go, back to this thing that we started off with, hypnosis. Do we need to hypnotize?
do they need trance? Well, look at this. I'm talking to a person about dreaming. They go to bed at night and they have a dream for the first time in 20 years. It's really interesting. Now, for me, and I'm a swanner, I have to believe that there's a middle part between them. When I'm talking with them, there's a middle part looking at me and looking at them and going, yeah, okay. Yeah, they, they, they haven't got this, but I've got it. I'm, I'm going to try this. I'm going to try this tonight with them. Yeah. They don't know it yet. Scare the shit out of them, but yeah, I like it. I like it, Bob. Thanks very much. I think, I think all that stuff goes on, yeah? Yeah. Well, the, the last time we just had a chat and talked about lucid dreaming, I had a lucid dream that night. I, I can't remember what it was now, but I, I did at the time. Uh, I... I was one of those people who didn't dream for years. I reckon I went at least a decade without a dream. Uh, I used to lucid dream every night when I was a kid. I had these like these journeys, these adventures. I had this this young girl. I, I would have been like four or five, uh, and every night I went on an adventure with this other girl who was like four or five. We got up to all sorts of stuff. Night after night after night after night after night. And then I went shopping with my mum one day, middle of the day. And I see this girl. I'd never seen this girl in my life. I'd only seen her in my dreams. Every night we went on an adventure. And I got all excited. I was like, this, this is a real person. This is, this is not a dream. Uh, and I went up and started talking to us. And, and I probably even thought at the time that it was a dream and we were just about to segue into our adventure. She had no idea who I was. She was spooked out. Uh, and so me and my mum sheepishly went into Woolworths and did our shopping and, uh, and she told me not to harass random little kids. Uh, and I stopped dreaming for years from that point on. And like, there you go. There's, there's a message. There's a message taken the wrong way, yeah? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like my my little child mind couldn't contemplate the world as much bigger than what it was, so it just shut down for years. And now, now it comes back quite often, but not near as often as I'd like. Uh, but that story still plays in my mind of like why. And and the really interesting thing as well is she was like a year above me in school when I went to school. I've had one interaction with her. In my life and it was because of my mate i was with that like made that interaction happen for a brief little bit and then went like we still just like never interacted uh it was like our souls were like nope <laughs> weird shit happened cut off uh, and in a small little yeah. town it's bizarre bizarre and that, and that thing you're talking about as well right? yeah once the people lucid dreamers when they get talking together they talk about not fancying people but more than that even almost being in love with a stranger they've just met by the way this is not a 19 year old yeah some 19 year old romantic this is somebody happily married three, three kids couple of grandchildren everything in life is straight suddenly they bump into someone and they know they, they know the feeling it's a bit scary because the feelings are love mm. yeah. And lots of people get that. Hardly anyone talks about it. Hardly, that. hardly anybody talks about that. It's a common thing. But the question is, who are they in love with? Are they in love with this person here now? Or are they reminded of a love they had with this person 
of an all time. Mm. It was really interesting. Yeah. yeah. So, there was definitely no love with this girl. It's just a friend. <laughs> yes. I know, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> uh, what was your introduction to lucid dreaming or did you just like have a lucky accident? Uh, I was dreaming and there was a woman. Uh, I didn't know I was dreaming, of course. I was just in the middle of something. It was a uh, woman working at a, a store, but the clothing they had would have been 14th, 15th century clothing, yeah? Uh, they were dumpy, they had long dresses, and then suddenly I, I came, this impression, the impression was that they don't know I'm here. I came from nowhere. Almost like somebody telling me, they don't know you're here, Bob. And I thought, that's a stupid thing. And then I, I stopped to think, well, where am I? And who am I? And it started getting really awkward, yeah? And then, some point I thought I'm going to have to move. Then I had men coming up the stairs, voices of men. And I got a bit scared and I thought, well, what's, what's going to happen? Then one of the women, her neck went like that, like she picked something up. She turned around, she saw me and she screamed. I was screaming. The men started running up the stairs. And I was really, really bad. It was it's a, it's a nightmare, nightmare, yeah. Mm. And of course, what happened was <clears throat> I woke up in bed washings of sweat, thinking it's a nightmare. But then I sat for a while, just sat for a while, thinking, thinking, nightmare. Nightmares. Can nightmares be real? And uh, I started looking into this thing, this this kind of stuff from what have you, you know. I mean I, I, my, all my lucid dreams are not always great fun. Mm. But I like them. I, and I and I yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't be without them, yeah. Mm. Ever. So Hayden just wrote to me yesterday, uh, one of my, the best things he's heard me say is, remember the kiss the monster. And it is a saying of mine, I tell him to lots yes. of people, yeah? Whatever happens, kiss the monster, yeah? Because there's something they're waiting to reveal to you, you know? So I was going to ask you about your best lucid dreaming experience, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change, change my idea of what I was going to ask. Your best or your worst <laughs> What's the dreaming story experience? They've all been, uh, well, a lot of them have been fearful things like that. Um, and, but I have had lots of things and horrendous deaths of human beings at the hands of human beings. Um, and I'm aware of them when they're happening. It's a lucid dream and I'm okay. I'm aware of that now when it happens. The best ones are always the contact with uh, upstairs sort of thing, you know. I'm not into God and Jesus now, I'm, I'm into the, the big room and uh, and that we're all potentially gods in the making. I've got an idea. Somebody said that to me back in the 70s, I think. Just something be passing it down. So imagine they're all gods in the making. I just stayed with it. Imagine they're all gods in the making. And of course, there's been gods with long hair and Zeus and stuff like that. Imagine they're far, far greater than we think we are. That's never left me. And not of an egotistical nature either, a real nature of, hey, go on, imagine that uh, we weren't even sent here. Imagine we come here. That's a completely different reality. And that's, that's always stayed with me. I understand, of course, it's an easy thing to think of, and a fool would think of something like that as well. I get that. I'm very much aware of that. But some of it, some of the reality based on it is just wonderful. So all of the uh, 
initiatives for me are really pretty special. All of them. I'd be, I'd be lost. In fact, I talk to people who tell me they never dream, and I'm very careful to say nothing. Very careful. Because anything I say is cannot be good. Because I cannot imagine going through life without dreaming. I cannot imagine going to bed tonight and not dreaming. Mm. If I wake, tomorrow, wake up tomorrow, and it's been since my eyes closed, nothing. I'm an upset boy. I look forward to my, my, my sleep states. Yeah. You're going to be upset in the morning when you wake up and your dream has been about me dancing naked at the foot of your bed in your new house. What do you think you say that? It's totally just coincidence, but that's a common dream that I have. Yeah. And I know it's not, I know it's not just a dream, uh, Lance. I know that I've created that dream. I've intentionally created that dream of you. I like it. And don't, you dare, and don't you dare edit that out. Yeah, <laughs> so we're um, we're going to be doing a workshop together in in July. Uh, yeah. I have enjoyed many many times hosting you here, where I've fought back the feeling of sneaking into your room in the night and appearing naked at the foot of your bed in reality. But uh, this time we have to do it on Zoom. She can't get here from Scotland at the moment. Uh, but maybe again soon we'll have you here in Australia. Uh, but on on July 8th and 9th, Aussie time, 6 to 10 p.m., I think it was your 9 a.m. onwards? I think, so. I think it's uh, 9 to 1 o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. Uh, on both days, um, for, for Zoom, you're you're going to be doing your usual. I'm guessing uh, Swan, the Wall, Colour Protocol, all the same old favourites. The only two differences in there. We'll go by. I'd like to touch on uh, 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 a couple of little things. Uh, for example, I wanted since since we brought together the last thing, I, I spent uh, time every every morning uh, doing rough nurses, and I learned a lot from that. Then I took a class of rough nurses myself. I like doing things that, and I know we've talked about this before. I like doing things that I'm not comfortable with. Mm-hmm. And I think this is going to be a disaster. I don't even think I can pass. But what I've gone and done is I've advertised already. I've got 18 people that said they'll go to it. And it's on Tuesday, and just I just can't imagine. I love all these situations because I have to put myself in it, and and I love being honest with them and telling them things like, I "Tell you what, I think it's going to be a disaster." And they'll start laughing. And I said, "Do you see me laughing?" And uh, and and then we we just work with it and we see what we do. Because for example, laugh noses, you can't run a laugh noses group unless you really force yourself to mm. play completely on my deck. You, you, you can't do it any other way. There's, there's no way. You have to enact this situation. Because what you'll discover, because of your skills, because of your experience, is that you'll start, it will just be natural within 60 seconds. And most to their surprise, they'll find the same thing. And then when you all get together later and talk about it, they'll tell you it was an experience they've never had before. And they loved it. So we'll maybe, maybe do a little bit with that. Not too much, because if of who you've got to be aware of your audience. The audience are all different, aren't we? We've got some high experience, we've got not some of them. not a lot of experience at all. We've got we've got to, we've got the introverts and we've got the extroverts. Yeah. 
it's my job is to lift it up of hers and to make sure keep the eggs of hers just done a little bit like I had to make sure they don't run away with a whole party. But to make to try and balance it like I had an orchestral leader to make sure that everybody gets what they want out of it. And so with these things under Lucid Dreaming, we want something to happen. So for example, the Lucid Dreaming, when it's finished, I want us to get together another four times after that and try Lucid Dreaming and see what happens with it. But we're going to be lucid dreaming with the swan. It'll be very powerful. And I'm really hoping that uh, we'll get a couple. That's all I'm looking for. If I can get one person to lucid dream off it, it's highly successful as far as I'm concerned. Because that is just glorious. It would just be glorious. And what tends to happen more than anything, get a lot more people dreaming that they've never dreamt before. But that's great. That's not what I want. I want to, I want to create a lucid dreamer. But we'll see what happens with it. And so with that, this time, instead of just doing the weekend workshop, you're going to catch up week after week and do Lucid Dreaming series? Yes, and there's no, and there's, and there's no payment for that. Everybody yes. who comes in the workshop will be invited to do this with me. It's completely free. Um, and the reason why I did it completely free, to be honest with you, Lance, is and no confidence in it whatsoever. I thought I don't I don't mind something being no, I do mind something being shit. I would hate for it to be shit and I'm charging people money. So I did it for me with a past bunch and it was okay. But it will get better. Yeah. And it'll get better and it'll get better. And maybe one day I'll end up charging a sort of fee to teach this dream. I don't know. Um I've no desire to do that. But right now I want to see if I can work with some people that would like to do that. See if we get people to lucid dream it because that would be just that's just sensational, and that's what we're going to be doing. So, the only people we'll get into it, there's nobody going to be able to contact us and say, Can I come to the lucid dreaming thing? That's not it. It's for people who are coming to this workshop. Yeah, it's important for them. We're going to do the lucid dreaming thing. Yeah. Uh, and the loose the, the swan workshop, the wall, and everything like that that you, you teach, uh, we've We've done it before and we've had people turn up that are not hypnotherapists and hypnotists and things like that. Uh, how have you found now over the years, the people that have been completely green to the hypnosis world of what they get out of your workshop? Well, the good thing, the good news, and maybe, maybe this is not for new people. I don't, I don't normally take new people into hypnosis. I'm not a teacher of the hypnotherapy and hypnosis academy so don't do that i don't like hypnosis academies i don't think hypnosis i've got friends they know what i say I, I feel bad about it but to be honest i think that's dreadful we are just creating lots of people to get involved in this and they can't make it it's difficult to be a, a professional uh, hypnotherapist but for new people to come in my workshop what i have discovered is and that really surprised me is that yes that's just great they can handle it as well as it once you've experienced because I'm teaching them a completely different thing. And here's the bonus bit. The bonus bit is lovely. It's just, just fantastic. They're the ones there. They're the only ones who have no bad habits. How about that? I don't have to un untrain anything in them. They're unlanded. So they'll just try the things I asked them to try. They'll get it to walk and they'll go, oh, it's good. Yeah. It's just so they arrive with no bad habits. Uh, and uh, no preconceptions. I love it. Really Those people usually seem to go out and have a lot more fun with it than the actual therapists that are stuck in their way that are weeded out by how old it is. <laughs> well, 
we'll get that. You know, when we, we went to the breakout rooms, suddenly I appear. I'm in the middle of the breakout room with somebody showing somebody, uh, I don't know, they, they, they twisted here. And so what I do is I twist my ear like that, and you can feel them relaxing. Oh, shit, Bob Burns just walked into the room. I'm pretty sure he shouldn't be doing this. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I tried. I tell them, don't do, don't do your own stuff. Just because here with me doing this. But they all want to show some little idea that they've got. There we go. Uh, is there anything else you've got going on at the moment outside of this workshop in July? No, I'm doing a, I'm planning to do a physical workshop uh, in October in Brighton, in the south of England, but no, nothing else because I've just, we've just moved home. Right now, I'm talking to you from a bedroom in Southampton. We're staying with our in-laws. It's their lovely, they've got their home under the place. But we bought, a, we, bought a, we bought a home, but it could be weeks before we get to move into it. Yeah. So I'm concentrating on different chord structures on guitar. That's what I'm concentrating on doing. I'm nice. wearing a couple of six numbers and I'm saying, I'm liking it. I'm having breaks. But you know, I got here on Monday and uh, the first week, I don't even know how, I don't know how people know I'm here. I've had three appointments come to the door and say, uh, I believe you're back to Southampton. Can we have a session? How would they know that I'm even, even here? So I've got three sessions for, for next week that I didn't even want. But no, I'm trying to do as little as possible over the next uh, few weeks. Uh, if, if people uh, enjoyed this and they want more and they can't make it to the workshop we've got on, do you want to tell them a little bit about your, your books, the Swan videos, where they can get them? Yeah, if you go to my website, you'll see it from there. You'll see that there's a couple of books. Uh, the uh, uh, Hypnotic Stories and uh, uh, Real or Imagined. There's also a couple of downloads and the two of them together, you can buy the, the Swan bundle, which is the Swan and the Swan Speaks. Uh, and of course, I do private work for therapists online. If you want to have a session with Bob Burns, you're very welcome. I charge £120 for a session. So if you're a working therapist, your charge is £40. So you, I, I did this during uh, uh, COVID to see if I could put back a little bit, you know. And the deal was it's £40 unless you tell me you can't afford it. And it's free. Well, I can't do any more than that. Yeah. So it's 40 quid. Once you tell me you can't afford it, okay, it's free. No questions asked. So if you want to contact me, you want a session with me. So since COVID first, I enjoyed it so much. And go to what was so many therapists. I thought, hang I'm in my 70s now, for Christ's sake. Uh, should we give them back even more? So I'm going to continue doing that forever with therapists, however, like that. Uh, and of course, people can contact me for private mentoring. Private mentoring online as well, and uh, Mr. Carter, not sure that's about it. But you can contact me at any time. But if you want to find out anything more about me, go to bobburnshypnotherapy.com. That's my website. I give you a lot of welcome, and then you can go into the different rooms and see some of the things that I got. Yeah, good, fantastic. I'll have a link to that in the show notes. I recommend people to check out anything of yours. I've, I've found it being paramount to. Helping me be the change maker I am, whether it's your DVDs, uh, your classes, I think it's all super, super valuable. So, uh, be and, and the Brighton workshop, who do they contact to find out more about that if they want to do that towards the end of the I'm doing this on my own. You don't so know. I've already got a couple of people, I'm just putting them into a list, I'm doing nothing 
I've just got four or five names. I just mentioned it this week. We've got four or five names already on our list. But turn up in Brighton, we'll have a bit of fun there. It looks good. But I'm, I'm a little bit shaky because it's been since before COVID, since I've done a couple of eight-hour days, you know? So uh, Amazing. Yeah. Get the blue glow out. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Uh, well, before we finish, uh, you can feel free to ask me a question if you've got one. Well, I was just wondering that when we do the thing, uh, is uh, if it's possible, there might be something you've got to show, something you've got to teach. And while we're doing the two-day thing, if you'd like to do a little stint on that, that would be absolutely great. Is there anything that you're mainly working on right now with your own students? What do you reckon? Uh, yeah, yeah, I've got some things for working with stubborn swans and things like that that I'm I'm happy to throw in. Stubborn swans would be great. Yeah. The things that made me smash my head against the wall in frustration that I've worked some workarounds with, I'm happy to share. Okay. Well, thank you, Bob. It's, it's been fantastic talking to you as always. Uh, and I'm sure you'll, uh, you'll have a few people reach out to say hello, join your group or buy a book or a dvd or something like that uh, thank you for coming on very welcome bye everybody look forward to seeing you down in Oisland in july all the very best take care and i think that's a wrap and now everybody loves somebody sometime i've been singing at the hairbrushes now for years and years and years so just left me off completely a little bit <laughs> Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode and perhaps learned something new. If you did, I'd love for you to subscribe or drop a review on whatever favorite podcast you have. Or if you've been enjoying the video versions on YouTube or Facebook, do it there.